Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Balance, Saturday morning here in Indianapolis, high atop The Balance Studios in Indianapolis, Indiana, the West Suburbs. Yeah, you know how it goes. Great day to be in Indianapolis, though. Racing returns to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We'll be heading down there after the the show today uh, to uh, partake in the Indianapolis, the Indy Grand Prix, just the first of many things going on here in Indianapolis, certainly uh, 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 capitalizing at the end of the month with the Indianapolis 500. So excited to be talking about racing again here in, in, in Indianapolis. But also we've got the NASCAR trucks and NASCAR out in Kansas. And Xfinity not in Kansas anymore, I don't believe. Uh, Steve Wilson from SpeedwayDigest.com, uh, Editor-in-Chief, uh, and our official NASCAR contributor hangs out in the balance green room. going to be joining us here momentarily. Also, kind of popping in for a few minutes from down at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway will be Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast to get us up to speed for today's race. It has been moved up to 3 o'clock because, as usual, in Indiana, if you don't like the weather, Stick around, it'll 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 change on you. <laughs> so we're expecting some rain coming in this afternoon. So they've moved that race time up to three o'clock here in Indiana. Actually, you know, three oh one. Let's 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 be let's get all of our numbers right. My name is Tom Marquezel, President Day. We'll be right back with Steve Wilson right here on the other side. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. 
morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Oh. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and yeah, roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. the balance it's race weekend here in indianapolis time to get things kicked off joining us now our official nascar contributor and editor-in-chief of speedwaydigest.com mr steve wilson how are you sir yeah i'm doing well how about yourself oh fantastic you know it's always good when your home track has uh, racing on it obviously the grand prix is happening today they're moving it up i, I misspoke it's 307 do people have that kind of understanding of the weather? To, I mean, okay, let's move it up from 3.30 to 3, but let's move it up from 3.30 to 3.07. I don't know. I, I digress on a Saturday morning, Steve. <laughs> well, as, so, uh, as, as it was ex- well, as it was go, explained go to me many years ago that <laughs> when the – and I know a lot of um, they, they've changed the way that they print tickets and stuff like that these days, but there's some old school law that goes back hard, uh, many, many years ago. And um, it was explained to me that because the way that if you print a time on a ticket uh, or an event, it becomes some kind of like legally binding contract between you and the facility and they're only allowed under certain circumstances to tinker with the times and things like that. And that's why they don't wholesale move these races from, let's say, 3 o'clock to 12 o'clock or 3 o'clock to 7 o'clock or whatever the case may be. It's because they're, they're, there's limitations into 
uh, how much they're allowed to to move this around because of and I, I'm sorry somebody much smarter than I am, but this is how it was explained to me many years ago when I kind of asked that same question as to well if it's not going to rain at one o'clock, why don't we run a three o'clock race at one <laughs> o'clock? And it was kind of the answer I got. There you go. Well, we're going to make that our official answer today. Thank you, uh, uh, Steve. Well, Steve, let's get into it. Uh, let's first of all let's let's recap uh, Darlington last weekend. What a freaking great race of of racing that was. Uh, actually, let us put a pause on that real quick because I know we've only got Tony here for just a brief uh, moment. Uh, Tony, excuse me, calling us from out of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast. Uh, thank you to Steve's with us as well as we're kicking off the, the show today. How's, how's, how's things going on down there at 16th of Georgetown, sir? Uh, things are good. Uh, weather looks good for now, which might not be the case later on today. It looks like there's going to be some rain and some storms. They moved up the race to 307 from the 345 original start. Uh, so it'll be jam-packed once things get going. Got a practice starting here right around 1030, and uh, we'll see who's got the race trim dialed in. It was uh, kind of a different qualifying session yesterday. You know, you expect guys like Scott Dixon and Simon Pajon, Elio Castroneves to be uh, battling for that top six. They're going to start 19th, 20th, and 21st. Uh, Will Power, uh, 58th career pole, three away from Ty Mario Andretti. He kind of loves he, – he's so good at this racetrack. Um, so he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. But but Alex Pelot is right there as well. Connor Daly with an awesome qualifying run to start fourth. So uh, it, it should be an exciting uh, exciting race once they go green here. Well, I know it was a pretty exciting pole, or race for the pole. Obviously, Will Power snatches uh, the last-second pole uh, from uh, Pelot. As we know at Indianapolis, uh, a lot of like road courses, uh, you know, it's it's hard to to get those passes. You got to you got to calculate those right. Walk us around the, the uh, road course of Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Do we have any what we call air quotes road course ringers for this race today? <laughs> uh, I mean, all these guys have experience on road courses through miles of road to Indy or Europe. I think the biggest thing is, is getting through turn one. It always seems like Connor Daly last year was one of those guys. Um, everybody's battling for that huge breaking zone heading down into turn number one, and uh, that that causes chaos. It fans out three, four wide. Smashing board A a few years ago got smashed into the wall. So you've got to really get through turn one, and then it's a quick left, right, kind of around the carousel down the back straightaway. I mean, there's there are two massive straightaways here. It's the two longest straightaways of any road course. And it's something that you've got to make sure that you're on because if you miss a corner, it, it screws you up for the next two or three in front of you and you lose momentum and you lose four or five spots at the start. So the start is always key here. We know we're going to see drivers in the grass. We know we're going to see drivers in the kitty litter. Um, so your race can be ruined here real quick, more than almost any road course on the entire schedule, just because it gets so bottled up heading down on that first right-hand turn. Well, certainly it's it's good to see the tra- uh, cars back out of the track. Uh, we'll be heading down there after the show. Scott Dixon, though, let's take a, a look at him. He uh, really kind of had a, a horrendous qualifying run for the GP. Uh, Scott Dixon certainly one of the fan favorites, the one we look at at the road course and also at the Indianapolis 500. Uh, what's in, uh, the future for Scott Dixon today? And well, let's look on down the road for him as well. I think at the start, if you're Scott Dixon, you've got to jump and pounce and try to get as many spots as you can and then go into fuel safe mode. You know, if he can get, he can get inside that top 12, 
in the first three or four laps, making some moves, uh, avoid disaster. There's probably going to be somebody that wrecks in front of them. Uh, then you go into fuel fuel save mode. This is a race that usually stays green, uh, and you got to stretch the fuel mileage. But again, uh, they're expecting 50, 60, 70 percent chance of thunderstorms throughout the afternoon. So throw a wrench in, into it for anybody today. So uh, if Dixon's anybody that uh, you would want to put, if there's anybody you want to put money on who's starting 15th or worse in this race, it would certainly be Scott Dixon. Yeah, and as you mentioned, the weather is coming here in Indiana, Indianapolis, as we say. If you don't like the weather, stick around. It's uh, bound to change. But the, the important thing to point out with the IndyCar, I mean, with the road course, uh, the Grand Prix, they're going to run in the rain as long as there's not lightning. So they should be able to get this race in with moving it up. You know, all year long, through, through, and Steve's on as well, uh, through NASCAR and IndyCar, we've talked about Team Penske. And this seems to be a, another year that we're going to be talking about Team Penske. Uh, is this going to be a Team Penske uh, win, podium? Uh, and, of course, looking forward to the 500 in a couple of weeks. We're going to have you on in a more depth conversation about that. But Team Penske, you would think uh, for today's race, with power being on the pole, it's, it's going to be a, a Penske uh, team to watch. <laughs> Yeah, it was Power's fifth pole on the road course. He's won here so many times. Um, but you think about Scott McLaughlin. He starts out the season winning at St. Pete and finishes second um, in Texas. He's kind of struggled the last couple of weeks. He hasn't been. He hasn't had the pace to win the race. And my concern to McLaughlin is, can you put now? Can you put together a championship season? And you're not going to get out of the month of May with championship hopes by finishing outside of the top ten. I mean, you've got points to be had today. You've got points to be had next week for qualifying. And you've got, obviously, double points of the 500. So um, it'll be interesting to see. And if you're asking me any of the three, I think it's Will Power. Will Power's been consistent. He's won both races here. He's been super good. He obviously snagged the point yesterday by qualifying on the pole. Um, so I think Will Power is your guy, Team Penske-wise, all month. And until Joseph Newgarden can show me that he can contend for the Indianapolis 500 win, I'm going to avoid picking him. So I think if you're looking for your top, your top gun there at Penske, it's going to be Will Power this month. Tony Donahue with the Tony D Podcast and BurnoutSports.com joins us real quickly as he heads down to, into the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Like you said, we'll be down there later after the show, and we're certainly going to be having fun watching the GMR Grand uh, Prix. We've got Steve Wilson on from Speedway Digest, uh, our official NASCAR contributor. But, Steve, do you have anything for Tony regarding IndyCar? Or certainly I, I know that Tony is, is deep into the NASCAR. Of course, we've got the Truck Series in and NASCAR tomorrow out in Kansas. So, uh, um, Steve, you got anything for Tony? He's going back to Darlington last week. Uh, you know, it was always all the controversy between Joe Logano and uh, Wayne Byron. I mean, this is, this is something that, you know, we've uh, we've seen in the sport before, but, you know, it's gotten some extra attention uh, this past week or so with uh, the two of them going at it. Just uh, wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, it just, Steve, I think you you, you know this as well as anybody. It, it always just seems like it's Joey Logano, right? It, 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 Denny's going at him, or Harvick's going at him, or William Byron's going at him. And kudos to NASCAR, especially since the pandemic. It's been elbows out racing. It's kind of been WWE. They like the drama. They they, they like to have added boys mentality. And, you know, I hope that kind of rubs off a little bit on IndyCar because they need some they need some villains. They need some controversy outside of the cockpit. You can't really use your car as a weapon like you do in NASCAR. Uh, but I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, Roman Grosjean and Graham Rahal get up in each other's face sometimes. So 
Uh, looking forward to that. I really wanted to see William Byron win last week because I bet on him, and I wanted to see that that early 2000s Jeff Gordon Flames paint scheme in victory circle, but uh, we didn't quite get that. But, yeah, I just – you know, whenever it's Joey Logano involved anymore, Steve, I always just tend to side with the driver that's bitching about him because they probably have a point. And I've always liked William Byron and his approach, and obviously being a Jeff Gordon fan, I'm going to cheer for Hendrick Motorsports. So, Steve, I think whenever Logano's involved with it, I just I always say, oh, yeah, it's probably Logano's fault. And, and I think he could have done it clean. I think he could have got around him. He had a huge run, and he just absolutely punted him. So, um, yeah, I, did, I, I didn't really like that. But, I mean, you wouldn't expect anything less out of Joey Logano. Tony, we hey. appreciate you joining us. Uh, go ahead, Steve. Did you have something else? Go ahead. Yep, that was it. That's all I had. Thanks, okay. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast joins us uh, from down at 16th in Georgetown. Tony, if we don't uh, hook up today for that beer that I owe you for the uh, fantasy football, we'll get it We'll get it before the end of the month. We'll see how, how things roll. All right. Sounds good. I got Alex Pillow as my winner, and I've got Connor Daly as, and Christian Lungard as my dark horses. Well, there we go. We're gonna, we, got, we got you marked down. Thanks, Tony. We'll see you soon. See you, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast, uh, good friend of the show. Uh, met him several years ago down there at Indianapolis Motor Speedway and uh, met him when he was with an, a, a different radio station, and have, have, we have uh, stayed in touch, and he's always been a great content provider for us around uh, IndyCar. Uh, Steve Wilson uh, stays on with us here, uh, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com. I want to pick back up where we left off about the, the, uh, the, about the race with Darlington. You were talking a little bit about that earlier with Tony, but let's just recap really what some great racing action. What were your takeaways of that? But one of the things, totally sidebar, I know it was a marketing thing, but it, they nailed it on the throwback. I mean, come on. They did it all the way to, to the booth announcers, uh, to the pit pit announcers, to the cars. They did that that throwback theme up great. Which, which was your favorite throwback? Uh, uh, well, I mean, that, I mean, you, I mean, there's a lot of people that really like that flamed out, you know, number 24 that Tony was talking about. But I mean, you had, a, I mean, you had a lot of the great ones that um, Ty Dillon and uh, um, Eric Jones did for Richard Petty Motorsports or uh, GMS Petty Motorsports. And uh, I mean, you, you look back to the field, and there's just you know, everybody is kind of stepping up their game. I just wish, you know, there was some out there that decided not to, to cash in on the, the whole throwback schemes and things like that. But, you know, that's okay, you know. But, you know, for the most part, I mean, you, you, you get a lot of great talent that go out there and make these uh, schemes back up. Um, but just going back to, you know, one of the things from last week is that we, you know, when we, when we went back and uh, we looked at the uh, – you know, uh, when you go back to the short tracks, um, Richmond, Martinsville, uh, Bristol, um, and, and, you know, this new car onto it, it just kind of wasn't there. And, I mean, there's some tweaks and things that need to, to really happen to, to, to get that car ready to, to go back to some of the short tracks. But, uh, you know, one, one of the places where it looks like that the, the racing really uh, hadn't changed much and, and was with Darlington. And I mean, this this was a lot of really old school kind of uh, Darlington racing that uh, we saw throughout the field, and very very fast cars that would fan out and and, and have to check up or 
get knocked up into the wall for one reason or another and or get their Darlington stripe. And, you know, it, it looks like the racing there with this next-gen car really really is exactly, you know, what, what you know, we're all used to in racing at a place like that so you know that that is, that is at least one positive thing that came out of that came out of this is that you know we we didn't you know we we don't it doesn't look like that nascar needs to go back and take a look at anything that they've done with the package at darlington and it really uh it really seems to be on point as to what you know hopefully uh when we start going back to some of these tracks or even get to some of these mile and a half true mile and a half race tracks like kansas this weekend that maybe we will uh you know, maybe we can uh, start seeing, you know, some, uh, uh, you know, some better racing at, at some of these facilities. And hopefully, you know, again, you know, I, I don't want to go back to the, I hate keep going back to the short tracks because the next gen car has just been, uh, you know, uh, there really needs to be some work. But I really am happy that they came to Darlington and brought the pack, uh, package to Darlington with this next gen car that it doesn't look like it will need any changes when they come back in September. As far as, uh, you know, some of the racing out there, I mean, this, it was, was a tough day for a lot of different teams out there. You look at Denny Hamlin, uh, you look at Kurt Busch, you look at Bubba Wallace, you look at uh, you know all, uh, Chase Elliott, and so on. I mean, there are a lot of drivers that were involved in accidents throughout the race on the, on Sunday that you know has just you know really put a damper on their points uh, and and just running positions as a, as a whole. But I mean, it, it just really was a day that. There was a lot of drivers and a lot of uh, uh, name drivers that, you know, we would uh, specifically uh, be looking for uh, to to be out there racing up front and uh, not involved in some of these wrecks. Uh, Danny Hamlin has won this race or won the race before in, in the Southern 500. Chase Elliott had won at Darlington in his very first attempt when he came over to the Xfinity Series back in uh I think it was about 2013, 2014. So, you know, there's a lot of these drivers that had won there before that had really, really, really tough days. And, you know, you look at Benny Hamlin, his season has just continued to be tough week in and week out. And, uh, I think there's just, you know, there there has to be some kind of massive turnaround with that team as a whole. And, uh, you know, I know it, it really didn't hurt Chase Elliott as much as, it, you know, you know, being points leader out there and, you know, already having uh, a win this season, locking himself into the uh, into the playoffs later this year. But you know, there's a lot of drivers out there that were competing out there that just really had tough days. But I really kind of hate keep going back over to to Denny Hamlin that unfortunately his uh, his season just continues to get worse and worse all the time. I'm talking with Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest, editor in chief of Speedway Digest, and our official NASCAR contributor. Let's roll on into Kansas. First of all, help us get to know Kansas, the Kansas Speedway. Uh, certainly a fun track to watch. It's been around for a while. Uh, it's seen its ups and downs, but talk with us about Kansas this weekend. Well, Kansas is a, Kansas is a, is exactly the style of racetrack that a lot of people or a lot of changes were made to this next gen car to improve racing at, and really we haven't uh, you know we haven't been to one of these tracks yet. Um, you know we 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 would have probably talked about this a little bit more uh, at Atlanta had it not been for a reconfiguration and repave, but really Kansas in this summer stretch when we start getting through here. Uh, Texas, uh, Charlotte in the next couple of weeks, like we're really going to see whether the changes to the next gen car um, are there, and or what needs to be just like you know once again with the short tracks, if there's going to be any changes that are going to be needed come later on this year when they do return to some of these tracks. So you know I I you know for 
Kansas, it is fast. I mean, you, you rock it off the corners. You stay in the gas around this place uh, an awful lot, and, and there really isn't that much tire wear there. So, you know, again, hopefully, you know, with the softer tire coming from Goodyear this year with these new tires that they're putting on the, on the uh, uh, these cars that, you know, maybe it will increase some wear and maybe that will keep some of the guys out of the gas uh, more so than not in, uh, you know, create a kind of a little bit tire management situation, but uh, I, I think we just really have to get in here and see how this is all going to work out this, this weekend with Kansas. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the truck race that's, that's happening uh, uh, tonight. Uh, the Xfinity race is not uh, happening this weekend. I, I'm still getting used to that, 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 that merry-go-round where, where one week we may have uh, Xfinity and, 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 uh, trucks and then the next week we may have uh the trucks and then in the nascar is that more for marketing and, and ticket purposing to allow the truck series to get uh team up with the uh, cup series uh for marketing purposes and ticket sales it just seems like uh the xfinity is such a popular uh race uh group to exclude them and I guess it's hard sometimes to get all three of them in in the same weekend, especially like we got ARCA this weekend as well. Uh, for just real quickly, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but what is the, the thought pattern on that? Is that more marketing and ticket sales than anything? or? Well, it's really just to give a rotation of uh, of series that that is paired up with Cup, and then you know if you, if you have Xfinity there every single week, it kind of gets down to a point of well, you're seeing the same thing every week. So you know it it gives it gives options to fans that are coming out to the racetrack. It also uh, exposes uh, some of these some of the drivers uh, to different styles of tracks. Uh, because the truck series has such a, a, a much more limited schedule than the Cup Series or even Xfinity does, so you know they're they're you know these these are drivers that are getting exposed to racetracks. These are these are also drivers that are ex- being exposed to to other teams, uh, you know whether it be Cup teams or whatever the case may be. So you know it's just it's just a kind of ro- a rotation there to to get you know both experience and both to give fans an option to to see different different series of racing and not just, you know, cup and cup and the Xfinity every single week. Well, the ARCA is at uh, Kansas today. We don't talk a lot about ARCA on this show, not for any particular reason, I suppose. Uh, but we do have an opportunity to talk about them uh, this week. I'm going to lean on you and your expertise to talk with us about the ARCA series, what it is and how it loops in with NASCAR's developmental team. And who are we looking at in the ARCA series that maybe yeah, next year or the next couple of years we will see in the truck or Xfinity or, well, probably not Cup Series. But what are your thoughts? Well, the, the ARCA Series has, has kind of come and uh, merged itself around over the last couple of years uh, with the K&N Series that was more of originally based at short tracks, uh, and, and they're now under the ARCA banner. Um, but it also gives teams uh, an opportunity to – uh, last week, uh, the ARCA series was uh, at uh, National Fairgrounds, and you know this week uh, some of the same teams are coming over to Kansas. So it's kind of it's kind of split between uh, a regional East-West type deal and a national series deal, where where all the teams kind of go to at the same time. 
um, you know, what, one of the biggest things coming into this weekend is, uh, or that we've been talking about this week, is just uh, this week that Daniel Ty, who was suspended by ARCA and NASCAR uh, just a couple of, uh, about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, for an incident in his arrest down in Florida, uh, they have uh, reinstated Daniel Dye to, to come back to the number 43 GMS team this week, uh, starting at Kansas after there was an investigation into this by, by both the local uh, after after his arrest, but also by NASCAR and ARCA as, you know, the, the severity or, or even the incident that occurred at, that resulted in his arrest. Uh, it ended up being a, a very uh, a minimal type deal where, uh, you know, there was some the, the charges were there were charges were either downgraded or outright dismissed uh, uh, on it, and it ended up just being a very minor infraction overall. So NASCAR has allowed on Daniel Dye to come back and, and be a part of the number 43 team uh, this week for GMS Racing. So that, you know that's been something that we've been talking about over the last couple of days. When you when you talk about the uh, when you talk about the uh, Arca series as a whole, Venturini is always somebody that when they come in. Uh, they they're they're going to be the teams that we're go we're going to look at uh, uh, trying to beat week in and week out with their powerhouse. They they're the equivalent of the Hendrick Motorsports of Arca. So when any when they show up and they have uh, they they they're always competitive right off the truck. So you know if you're looking at for somebody for them, it's definitely a venture any team uh, almost every week that we go to to Arca. So. Uh, you know, just a couple storylines from this weekend at Kansas and Arco. Well, some news out of the truck series that we'll talk about. Matt Crafton was disqualified in pulse race inspection at Darlington. Um, and, and, of course, that's been o- overturned now. Talk with us a little bit what caused that. Um, it had something to do with the front body inspection heights. Uh, the, 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 I believe the truck was declared too low in the, in the front in, in the pulse race inspections. That since has been overturned. Um, do we have some, um, shall we say, uh, judges that are trigger happy maybe, or was there something legitimately missed? Because you think that's a pretty serious thing. And then for it to be overturned means that it should have been caught in the first place and it should have never happened. What do we know about that? Well, because uh, the not uh, unlike the winter where it goes uh, the you know, where the winner's vehicle is uh, a complete teardown. Uh, you know, most of these trucks are or even Xfinity, and this also applies to the other racing series, the other series as a whole. Um, that that you you go through uh, what the, what they call uh, an abbreviated kind of inspection, and really all it's about is making sure that the lug is tight on on the wheels making sure that the four corners meet the minimum or maximum height limit. And, and there's a couple of other odds and ends things that they look at. So what happened is, is that he rolled through. There was a, there was one corner that was um, below the limits that were allowed, and he was disqualified. So, you know, they, they said that they were going to appeal this, uh, and, and, you know, they, they successfully did so. So that leads me to believe that there was some kind of broken part in there that was adversely uh, causing the the issue, and this is something that NASCAR or will look over uh, overlook in the inspection process if it is not a full teardown of the vehicle. So if they they are able to come in there and they're able to show that a part failed without for for uh, you know without their intervention, such as uh, 
they were involved in an incident maybe where where he hit the wall too hard. It broke uh, a, a part that would cause the suspension to drop onto it, and they're able to prove that or they're able to show that. Then the, those penalties are typically rescinded. So you know they're they're typically not caught once again unless you are uh, that car that there or truck that wins the race, or if you're not one of the couple of vehicles that they take back to the R and D center for further testing. So you know it's just kind of a it's kind of one of those things they're trying to they're trying to get to it. They're only measuring and doing a minimal amount of inspection, and it doesn't lead to a further inspection until. Uh, you know, later on that, you know, they they do bring this up before the appellate uh, panel. So that's what it's really honestly sounds like to me. Well, we've got racing in Kansas this weekend. We've got the trucks and we've got ARCA and, of course, the, the Cup Series. We'll get into the Cup Series in a minute. Talking with Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor. Well, John Hunter Namachek finally got his win last weekend in Darlington, and now the seal has been broken. Uh, so we look for good things from uh, DFS uh, NASCAR trucks uh, and uh, John Hunter Namacek. You know, I, I've been following him. I I have not been able to put money on him right at the right time. I wish I had done that last week. Um, we're going to be out at the track uh, today, so I don't know if I'm going to get any bets made uh, for the uh, truck race today, but we are definitely going to get bets made for tomorrow, so we'll get your picks on that for tomorrow. Uh, but John Hunter, name check, gotta like him. Uh, certainly, he's got he's got a lot of grit. He's out there, and certainly, uh, you know, the Heart of America 200 could be another good race for him. Well, you know, John Hunter, name check, he comes into this as you said, he won at uh, Darlington last week, but he had posted four, four top five finishes in, in uh, throughout the race uh, throughout the first couple of races through the year in the series. You know, he he's also led a lot, a lot of laps. You know, and and it's just not resulted into a win. I think he's like second or third most in the lead lap lap count. Um, but you know he he's finally joining up. You know we we saw John Hunter last year come in. You know over to Cowboys Motorsports after a stint in the Cup Series. He just felt like that he needed to go somewhere and he needed to get back where he would be able to win and be able to be more competitive in these races. And last year he really was. I mean he came out of the gate. He was competitive all year long. He won multiple times, but he came up just short to to um, uh, Ben Rhodes and Phoenix. So, you know, this year we were expecting kind of the same thing. He come through. But, you know, really this year it's been a lot about Zane Smith. Zane Smith came over from GMS. He went to Front Row Motorsports, which is conven- which is kind of ironically where John Hunter Nemechek was uh, in the Cup Series prior to moving to Kyle Busch Motorsports in the, in the Truck Series. And, and Zane Smith has been the driver that we've talked about an awful lot this year where he's He's won twice this year already, uh, and, and because of an inspection failure out at uh, – once again, talking about an inspection failure, his, his truck did a failed post-race inspection out there as a race winner. He was disqualified, and he was sent to the, the 30, 36th place out there. Uh, so, you know, he – he, I'm sorry, he, he finished second. He finished second. He was uh, ended up um, 
ended up um, that disqualifying and, and being sent back to the last base position out at, at Vegas. So aside from that, you know, he's he's really been able to come out there, and uh, he's kind of been somebody we've really, really talked about all season long, and he seems to be the one that's been the most competitive at this point. Um, he he won uh, he, he won uh, at Dakota, and I mean, it's just for him, it, it's been kind of a trajectory kind of year where he's kind of surpassed John Hunter and Nemechek at this point, but it looks like, you know, uh, John Hunter is starting to get his groove, groove back to some degree, and uh, we now that he's locked into the playoffs, he's able to go out there, and uh, he, he needs to stack up some more wins because Ben Rhodes and uh, Zane Smith both have a lot over top of him at this moment, so if he's planning on uh, competing in the playoffs, I mean, he's going to need to start stacking some wins up, he's going to start Stacking some stage wins up and getting some extra points come playoff time later this year. One more thing on the truck series before we move on to the the Cup series this uh, weekend. Ben Rhodes, I mean, a fantastic win on the dirt in Bristol. By the way, loved watching that race. That was so much fun. Uh, but certainly, uh, Ben Rhodes rallied to win that NASCAR Cup, uh, uh, Camping World Truck Series. Uh, certainly, denying Carson Arkover uh, the win. You got to keep your eyes on Ben Rhodes out in Kansas. Uh, he's certainly proved himself in Bristol. Two different types of tracks, I get it, but I still like Ben Rhodes to to make a top ten showing in tonight's race. Yeah, you know, Ben has been a quiet type of driver. That you know, even last year we didn't talk about him a whole lot. Uh, you know, he he seems to be kind of one of those under under the radar type of drivers, but he's always seems to be there at the end. He seems to keep himself out of trouble, and all of last year, I think he there was only maybe one race out of maybe two races out of the entire year that he didn't even finish. So he's been very, very uh, kind of uh, you know week in and week out, kind of always the driver that's kind of still there at the end. Uh, even though that he may not be picking up stage wins, even though that he may not be winning the race week in and week out, and maybe that we're not talking about him so much, but he seems to be the, you know, the driver that it seems to be there at the very end. So for him, yeah, kind of that dirt race was, uh, you know, definitely something for him to to go out there and uh, and lock himself into the playoffs later this year, and, and as the defending, as the once again as the defending champion of the series, uh, you know he he uh, you know him and John Hunter Nemechek they they were the two that battled at Phoenix last year, and like I just said a moment ago, John Hunter came up short to him, so you know he's he's got a lot riding on this, even though that he wasn't you know he didn't stack up uh, the six or seven wins that John Hunter did last year. Uh, um, you know, maybe that will once again be the case this year where he's just, uh, you know, he, he doesn't stack up uh, uh, the majority of wins, but he just seems to be the driver that we're all uh, that is always there at the very end and really is the driver that is just, yeah, um, you know, once again, under the radar kind of uh, kind of driver. Steve Wilson of uh, Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor, uh, joins us. Steve, we're going to take a quick break. Can you stick around so we can get into this cup series? Uh, yeah, I got a couple more minutes. Well, you do want us to just, we can hold off on the break because I do want to get these. Do you want to go? Do you want to, uh, what's, what's good for you? Yeah. Yeah. If we, if we can just roll into the cup series real quick, I can, I can get to that. Yeah, um, that way you can yeah. take your break. <laughs> no problem. 
No problem. No problem at all. I want to talk a little bit uh, before we get into uh, the Kansas race. I want to talk a little bit about uh, Joey Logano and Joey Logano and this, uh, well, can we call it a beginning of a feud uh, between him and William Byron, uh, where he wrecked him to, you know, get the win. And we think back to 2015 when Joey Logano wrecked Matt Kenseth for a win at Kansas. Um, and he was asked if he had changed the rules of engagement. Um, Joey seems to kind of be a, I, I like Joey, don't get me wrong. I, I, I like to see aggression on the track. But was he actually faster than William Byron? Uh, do, we have, do we have a feud uh, brewing between Byron and Logano that we need to keep our eyes on? Um, well, yeah, I mean, uh, Logano has been involved in multiple incidences over the years. I think he famously go back, uh, to the Logano, uh, uh, Kenneth, Kenneth deal at, at Martinsville Speedway. And, you know, that, that resulted in Matt Kenseth's uh, ultimate, uh, suspension for, for retaliation on the racetrack. Um, you know, it just, uh, you know, uh, you know, over the years, Joe Logano has, uh, kind of been part of some of these feuds once again. Uh, you know, uh, Ken Harvick also, and you know, when you look back to Darlington last week, um, the que- the answer to that question is yes. Logano, it, it, well, initially, let me backtrack that for a second. Initially, Byron was the faster car, and it was very evident in the fact that the closing laps that Byron was uh, didn't seem to be maintaining the tires as well as Joey Logano because Logano would be able to catch up to him and then kind of play this back and forth mouth game with uh, backing off Byron and then getting another run. And then ultimately, I think what that caused was Byron to overuse his tires in the very last couple of laps to try and stay away from Logano, which then this resulted into ultimately, you know, the tag and run uh, or the bump and run that that caused Byron to first off get into the wall, uh, rating three and four. And then about <clears throat> then about a half a lap later, after Logano had already gotten by on the very last lap, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know Byron would ultimately get back into wall a second time uh, down in coming off of one and two to finish the thirteenth or fourteenth. So um, you know that that's kind of the game a little bit at Darlington is to uh, know when to use your tires and when to kind of back off. And it seems like Logano was kind of mastering that to some degree with that back and forth mouth game in the very last uh, couple of laps of the race. And, uh, you know, again, yes, uh, you know, Byron was initially faster, but it wasn't until this kind of back and forth mouth game um, kind of commenced that, you really did see Logano um, 
maintain it, it, you know, from my perception, maintaining his uh, tires a whole lot more, and then which that ultimately led to, you know, uh, um, Byron, uh, him being able to catch Byron, uh, and, you know, ultimately using that bumper to get around him. So, um, <clears throat> I, I mean, Byron was none too pleased. We called him a moron after the race. And, you know, it, it really was, you know, uh, from Byron's perception that, uh, you know, this is kind of like par for the course for Joe Donnelly when that uh, if it weren't for wrecking somebody, he wouldn't be able to win. So that was kind of the perception that came from Byron. Uh, I, I I don't know whether, um, you know, uh, you know, Byron will later on down the line retaliate in some degree that, that remains to be seen because uh, Byron is a more very reserved kind of driver. And, you know, he doesn't seem – he's kind of like uh, Jimmy Johnson in a lot of ways. We don't see him getting angry very often. We don't see him, you know, having, you know, a temper like Kyle Busch. Uh, we don't see him kind of, uh, you know, being the driver that, that, that is always out there yelling or screaming or getting in somebody's face. So he's he's very kind of quiet. He's very kind of reserved. So uh, if this does happen, I think it'll happen on the racetrack later on down the line. But uh, I, I I don't know if this will become a full-on fledged uh, uh, kind of uh, deal between the two of them, just because of uh, you know just just how William Byron is uh, and more focused on uh, you know the bigger picture and just kind of being that quiet kind of driver. You want know just a couple more points here? Yeah, I, well, you mentioned Kyle Busch, and I thought, okay, am I, am I going to bring this up today? Well, of course I'm going to bring it up today. I mean, with with Kyle Busch having a hard time getting the benefit of the doubt that he couldn't safely drive into the Darlington Raceway Garage on Sunday, uh, Busch, with one of his suspension pieces broken, parked his car on pit road and at the entrance of the garage and got out and, and walked to his hauler. Got all kinds of attention. He knew that was going to happen. Of course, last year he was fined fifty thousand dollars for aggressively driving into the garage, uh, so he avoided that penalty this year uh, by not driving into the garage at all. But it's always been about Kyle Busch. It's always been about Kurt Busch. It's always been about Kyle Busch. They they expect this to happen, and so the more that people start talk, keep talking about it, I I mean, I I thought that Fox did a good job with the coverage overall, but I just felt like they spent too much time talking about Kyle Busch walking through the holler. Because really, that didn't need to be something that we talked about for 15, 20 minutes on the broadcast. Uh, real quickly, uh, your thoughts on Kyle Busch antics, we'll call it, part 3000. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we, we we're, once again, we're kind of used to some of the things that Kyle Busch does. Uh, yeah, you're right. It was at Darlington last year that he was fined for for running over the cones and almost running people over going back to the garage after his uh, car had been damaged. Uh, so this year, I guess he just figured that, well, I'm not going to try that again. Uh, I'll just park it on pit road because you can't find me for parking it on pit road. So, you know, that's kind of, uh, you know, that's kind of where I, we, we leave it. Well, let's, uh, you know, real quickly here, Kansas is the first race at a mile-and-a-half track that isn't a drafting track since Vegas. So you can expect the drivers who are driving strong at Vegas to be strong at Kansas. I mean, it's just a, a normal equation to figure out there. Uh, but the, the drivers who were all good at Kansas, and we don't have a lot of time here, but Alex Bowman, Kyle Busch certainly remembers so. 
Bowman won it, but we could go on to Kyle Busch lane. But uh, Kyle Larson, Denny Hamilton, and Ross Chastain, Christopher Bell, you can expect the, the winner to be from from that group of six. Do you agree with that? And if so, who's who's your pick uh, for my uh, DraftKings? Even if it's not one of those six, would you agree that it's a good possibility that one of those six could be the winner in in Kansas tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, you 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 look at that group of of drivers, and you look at how Ross Chastain has come on really strong in the last couple of weeks. He's already won twice this year for track house racing as it is. Uh, you, you know, but but if you're looking, but if you're but if you're looking outside of that group, don't forget, you know, it wasn't that long ago that that Martin Truex Jr. was the king of these 1.5 mile racetracks. So you know, he's uh. You know, there's some discussion, you know, whether, you know, how much longer he stays in the series or in the Cup Series as a whole. Um, but but if you're looking for somebody outside of that group, look at uh, Martin Truex Jr. I know he's looking for his first win this year, uh, just like Denny Hamlin is. But, but really, Truex, for a while there, he was kind of the king of the 1.5-mile racetracks. And Every time we went to a 1.5 mile racetrack, we were always talking about him. So uh, uh, outside of that group, those are the two I would be looking at. I'll be looking at Ross Chastain, uh, definitely as you know, uh, one of these teams that are that are uh, running up front week in and week out. But also look at uh, Martin Truex Jr. Steve Wilson, editor in chief of Speedway Digest, joins us today. It's race weekend here in Indianapolis. Uh, we'll be headed out here soon down to 16th and Georgetown at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway to partake in the uh, the GMR Grand Prix. Uh, and uh, Steve, uh, what what are you guys working on this weekend? Obviously, you're 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 going to be covering uh, Kansas, but where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir? You can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com/slash Speedway Digest, and at Speedway Digest on uh, Twitter. Or uh, sorry, SpeedwayDigest.com. Jeez, I, I, I don't I don't even know what I'm talking about today. We got you at Speedway Digest uh, di- uh, at Speedway Digest on Twitter. We got you. We got you covered, brother. Appreciate you as always. You have All yourself right. a good race weekend, sir. All right, thanks a lot. Take care. Have fun out there. All right, thank you. baby, come give me a kiss. Put me on the cover of the Rolling Stone Uptown Down Home American Kids. Growing up in little pink houses, making out on living room couches. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, 
Guarding America, defending freedom. I was playing four on four with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more unbelievable Geico videos, give subscribe a click. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. Ow, they're one of my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. No. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Right now, I just need you to get real loose. Get comfortable. Grab your loved ones or grab your love partner. And if you're by yourself, no worries. Just follow after me. Yeah. I want to do the two-step. All right, welcome back to the ballots. We've got all about five minutes left. We've got to wrap it up and put a bowl on it. We are headed out to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway right after we finish up here. Uh, with the It's the uh, GMR Grand Prix IndyCar race on the road course. And we talked a little bit with uh, Tony Donahue, Tony D Podcast, who talked with us a little bit about, hey, this could be King Penske's. A uh, year again at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We say again because it certainly uh, happens quite often. But Will Power on the pole out there, uh, just getting that done right at, at behind the Alex below. So we'll see what happens there. But as we mentioned, though, Scott Dixon, uh, certainly a Chip Canassi uh, team racer, uh, certainly had some bad uh, qualifying and, you know, ended up in the kitty litter. And so we'll see what happens. He's starting from mid-pack back around 17th, I believe. But as Tony said, if you're going to put your money on anybody to come from behind to the front at Indianapolis on the road course, 
very hard to do. It's very hard to pass uh, it, on that course. You gotta you gotta calculate it just right and to, to get that many passes. But hey, if you're gonna put your money on anybody uh, to make that happen, uh, you know certainly look at Scott Dixon. You know it's gonna be a good race. We're gonna have some rain. The the, the um, race got moved up to like three o'clock uh, Eastern time. So, because we do have some rain in the area, uh, so that's unfortunate. But you know, the good thing about the the races with uh, the road races at Indianapolis, we can go into all the different uh, technical aspects of the different tires, the rain tires, and, and then you know the the oval courses and the road courses. We can we can follow that at a different time. But the the point is, they will run on rain as long as there's not any type of um, lightning in the area if there's lightning in the area then they'll, they'll they'll red flag it till that lightning passes it's really cool actually to watch them in the rain because of the the rooster tails that come up from behind so it's really kind of cool to to watch that uh so we'll see how that plays out but they did move that that race up to uh three o'clock to, to start today and of course the indy lights uh, race has been moved up to one o'clock indy lights being the development series of the uh considered the minor league of, of IndyCar. So uh, we're really excited to be out there and watch some racing. Thank you, Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest, our editor-in-chief. Uh, uh, I mean, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com and our official NASCAR contributor. Uh, breaking down Darlington last week and how cool was that to, to see the throwback? I thought that was just really super cool. Maybe that's just because I'm an old man and I'm a sucker for that throwback stuff. But it was just really cool how, how they did that. And just breaking down, you know, what's going on in Kansas. Uh, with the truck series, and of course, I, I had an opportunity to talk about the ARCA series today, and we don't get that chance a lot here on this show. Again, ARCA being uh, the equivalent to Indy Lights, if you will, uh, to the Cup series. Uh, so, well, really more the Xfinity series, because the, the, the progression would be uh, ARCA, Xfinity, Cup, unless you're just some protege, and if that's the case, you're probably not going to be racing in ARCA anyway. My name is Tom Marcos El Presidente. We're racing back in Indy uh, today. Uh, thank you, Steve Wilson. Uh, thank you, Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast. Make sure that you're following us, and if you're listening to us on the podcast, hey, hey, thank you. Thank you very much. Go ahead and hit like, awesome, so we know how awesome you are. I mean, come on, we already know how awesome we are. Check us out on the Facebook. Uh, just uh, go with the balance, and you'll you'll find us relatively easy. And then on Twitter, T Balance, and and follow us there because you know it's it's so much fun knowing and interacting with you guys on a daily and on a weekly uh, basis. So I hope everybody has a great race weekend. Have a good weekend. Whatever you got to do, take some time for you, your family. Uh, take a breather. Just remember, don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. I'm out of here. Deuces.
Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.